Well, hello and welcome to The Briefing. My name is Justin Wickheiser. I'm the Director of Legal Operations at the law firm of Smith Freed Eberhard with offices located in Portland, Oregon and Seattle, Washington. We're an insurance defense law firm that specializes in early evaluation, timely reporting, and phase and task budgeting for our customers. Uh, thank you. If you're here joining us, most likely you are signed up to receive our legal alerts, and uh, that's what we will be covering today. Today's legal alert is titled, Pitbull Attack, Is Landlord Liable for Dog Bite on Leased Property? And this legal alert is written by uh, a man with the name and the title, Smith Fried Eberhard, Jeff Eberhard. He's the uh, managing partner of the firm. So from the desk of Jeff Eberhard, Jeff writes the following. The Washington Supreme Court granted direct review, bypassing the Court of Appeals, on a claim of injury due to a pit bull. There were concerns this case might be the court's opportunity to rewrite defense-friendly premises liability law. Instead, the Washington Supreme Court issued a landlord-favorable opinion. So now it brings us to the claims pointer section of the legal alert. This is the uh, applicable area that we believe claims professionals should take a look at and keep in mind and consider while reading the legal alert. So in this opinion, the Washington Supreme Court held a landlord cannot be liable for a tenant's dog biting a guest under a theory of premises liability. This opinion explicitly lays out when a landlord can be considered a possess or of property, which is a paramount first step in determining liability for a premises liability claim. So the case in hand right now entitled is Blanco v. Sandoval, number 98221-0, and uh, this took place April 29th, 2021. Let's talk about the facts. So this case stemmed from an attack by a pit bull that occurred at the home of Gonzalez and Sandoval's. Here and after collectively referred to as the tenants, the tenants resided in a single-family home that they rented from their landlords. The Hernandez's defendants, after about a two years of living in the home, the tenants acquired a pit bull puppy. The tenants notified the landlords about the puppy and its breed, which again was identified as a pit bull. Many homeowners' policies clearly uh exclude pit bulls and other breeds of dogs that they deem as, as dangerous. But they sought permission to build a wire fence around their yard for the dog. The landlords, the landlord themselves consented to the fence, but never inspected the fence themselves. In May of 2018, the plaintiff visited the tenant's home with a few friends to conduct a brief Bible study outside. One of the tenants was speaking with the group in the driveway. During this time, the tenant's dog was in a fenced area of the yard. As the conversation was wrapping up, the dog escaped the fenced in area and proceeded to knock the plaintiff down. The dog attacked her and bit her ear. You may recall Tyson did the same thing to Holyfield. So um, it happens. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the tenant stated that they had ne never had any issues with the dog prior to this incident and he had never displayed aggressive behavior. Additionally, the tenants claimed that they regularly inspected the fence and the dog had never escaped before. However, witnesses claimed the fence was poorly constructed. Hmm. The plaintiff filed a negligence suit against both the tenants and the landlords. They are alleging theories of strict liability and premises liability. The landlord defendants moved for summary judgment, which then, the trial court granted. The plaintiff 
unsuccessfully move for reconsideration, then petition the Washington State Supreme Court for direct review. The direct review was granted. It should be noted, though, that the landlords are the only defendants relevant to this appeal. So any use of the word defendants refers only to the landlord defendants in this situation. Here's the law behind it. To prevail on a negligence claim, a plaintiff must establish one, a duty, okay, two, a breach, three, an injury, and then four, a causation. Here the issue was whether the defendants owed a duty to the plaintiff under a theory of premises liability. Under premises liability law, a possessor of land is subject to liability for physical harm caused to licensees or invitees by a condition on the land. The nature of the duty owed is dependent on the plaintiff's status on the land. However, a prerequisite to this is that the defendant possessed the land where the injury actually occurred. Okay, so in Washington, a possessor of land is one that occupied and controls the land. Generally, in the residential landlord context, the possession of the land is transferred to the tenant. However, there are situations where a landlord may maintain some control over portions of the property, such as common areas like stairs, hallways, and sidewalks in a multi-unit complex. Additionally, other states have considered situations where the landlords require permission to make alterations to the land, a form of control relevant to the possession determination. The Washington State Supreme Court clarified that in Washington, absent any unique circumstances, when the property is rented out, the tenant becomes the possessor of the property minus common areas, even if the tenants are required to obtain consent for certain decisions on the property. So this is even more apparent in leases of single-family home residences where the tenants clearly take over both possession and control of the lease land. So the Washington State Supreme Court briefly then addressed whether a dog can be considered a dangerous condition on the land. Interesting question. The court acknowledged that in Washington, conditions on the land are generally considered physical features of the property. Here, the court stated that there was no reason to characterize the tenant's dog as a dangerous condition. Additionally, the court noted that usually landlords are not responsible for conditions created by the tenants, conditions like the wire fence that was installed for this particular uh, uh, dog in this particular piece of property. So here's the analysis of the case. This is where we tie it all together for you. In this case, the entire property of the single family residence was leased to the tenants and the driveway where the injury occurred. So that was not a common area. That is the driveway. The plaintiff highlighted that the tenants did obtain the defendant's permission to own a dog and build a fence on the property. Our favorite word in these legal alerts. However, however, the Washington Supreme Court explicitly rejected a rule that would impose liability in this scenario. Rather, the defendants did not maintain or control the land and therefore did not possess it. So again, they did not maintain or control the land and therefore did not possess it. Given that the defendants were not the possessors of the property, the premise liability inquiry stopped there. The defendants did not owe a duty to the plaintiff. Further, the court noted that in this case, the dog could not be considered a dangerous condition on the land. Additionally, there was no evidence that the fence posed any potential danger or caused the plaintiff's injury. Regardless, the tenants 
were the ones who built the fence, not the defendants. So even if the fence could be considered a dangerous condition, which the court did not believe it was, the defendants would not have been responsible for it. So ultimately, the Washington Supreme Court affirmed the trial court's grant of the landlord's defendant's motion for summary judgment. So here's the big picture. A key aspect of premises liability is that the defendant must possess the property where the injury occurred. The Washington State Supreme Court highlighted that in the residential landlord-tenant relationship, landlords are rarely the ones that possess a property for purposes of premises liability. So very rarely. Ultimately, this opinion provides support to bolster landlords' defense arguments against premises liability claims on leased property. Thank you so much for joining us for this Washington Legal Alert. Uh, happy Mother's Day last week to all the mothers out there. We appreciate you. You're so very important. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful week. If you need anything from the firm, Smith Free Deberhard, you can reach us on the outro screen or you can contact us at sfe at smithfree.com and we will be in touch to uh, help you with whatever your needs may be. Have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. <music>